Friends, we're exploring a Sikha, Lakuti Sikha's volume 19, the Sikha of Re'e, fantastic a Sikha, a uh, analysis of a halakha. Uh, get your thinking caps on. This is fantastic. So the Sikha is about the mitzvah of Hanukkah, the mitzvah of severance pay, which the Torah says one is supposed to give to their slave, a Jewish slave. A Jewish slave, by the way, had two ways to go become a slave. Either they sold themselves into slavery because they were coming on hard times, or they were sold by the court in slavery because they were found stealing or otherwise couldn't uh, keep their commitments, and the court would sell them into slavery. These are the two types of slaves. The mitzvah of the Torah is that when they leave their slavery, uh, either because they finish the six years or because they uh, otherwise are, are let go, they uh, are to be given severance gifts. Okay. Now, there's a debate among the halachic decisors, which originally is in the Talmud. Does every slave get severance pay? Whether you sold yourself or the court sold you? Or no. Some hold that only if the court sold you do you get severance pay. But if you sold yourself, you shouldn't get severance pay. You did a sin by selling yourself. It's a sin to sell yourself. We're supposed to be slaves only to Hashem, or whatever the reason is. And therefore, you should not get severance. So there are two opinions in the Talmud and in the halachic decisors about this. Does every slave get it or only certain? Okay. But then coming up to the subject matter of the sikha, which is a separate one. Do we extend severance pay, the mitzvah, which is nominally about slaves, who are employees? Now, clearly this is not a slave. It's clearly not going to be the exact mitzvah. But the original Rishonim, early commentaries, maintains that the Torah wants us to give severance pay to all employees. And therefore, we should extend it to our employees as well. And that's become Jewish custom, what have you. This is from the Chidah. Torah talks about slaves, apply it to employees too. It's a fantastic concept. However, the Minchas Chinuch, which is a commentary on the Chinuch, says that the Chinuch's statement needs to be qualified. The Chinuch would only say this, according to the opinion that holds that the Torah gives severance to all types of slaves. Then it follows, the Torah gives to all slaves, we extend it even to employees. But according to the opinions that hold that the Torah is selected, that only certain slaves get it, certain slaves don't, what right would we have to extend it further to employees? The Torah itself is selective and exclusive. What right do we have to be further inclusive even beyond the realm of slaves? That's what the Mechaz Chinuch says, rational enough. Let's put it up on the screen so we can keep track of this discussion. So here we have it. We have the Torah's mitzvah of severance pay. And then we have the Chinuch, the early commentary, classic commentary who says, who rules, that this mitzvah should be extended also to employees. And then we have, we have this Talmudic debate, which when you come down to the early decisors, to the Rishonim, to the early commentaries, we're going to say we're picking two sides of the debate, the Tosos versus Rambam, Apparently, most of the halachic decisions go like the Rambam, and that becomes a law. The Tosfos sides that what that would that uh, a severance goes to all slaves. Rambam says no, only those sold by the court. What about employees? What about the chinuch's innovation? Should we apply severance of slaves to employees or not? Says the Minchas Chinuch, the commentary on the chinuch. That the chinuch says it only according to the Tosfos. If the Torah says all slaves should get it, so we have the 
broad shoulders to then say the Torah's intention, the spirit of this mitzvah, is that we should apply it further. Torah wants all slaves, even employees. But according to Rambam's approach and those who hold that the Torah is selective and that only those sold by the court should get severance, the basic mitzvah is selective. The chinuch would not hold that we should extend it to employees. Because why should you extend it when the Torah itself is very narrow about this mitzvah? This is the Mechaz However, there's a problem with this. And Mechaz himself states this problem. That according to this, it comes out that the chinuch will disagree with the Rambam, which is very unusual. The chinuch usually agrees with the Rambam, unless in rare circumstances, when in those cases, he says so explicitly. And here he doesn't say so. And according to this rationale, though, the Mechaz says, um, he would disagree with Rambam. Why would he disagree with Rambam? Because the Rambam holds that uh, severance pay only applies to certain slaves, and the Chinuch would have to hold, even though he doesn't say so explicitly, like the Tosfos, that the mitzvah of severance pay applies to all slaves, which is why he comes along and extends it even further to employees. So this is a shtickle problem, and the Minchas Chinuch remains with this question. To jive the chinuch with the Rambam, but we have a problem jiving them together. The Rambam, if you hold that the Torah is selective about which slave gets severance pay, how does it logical to then include even non-slaves employees? Says the Rebbe, let's solve this problem. Even though we're going to go with Rambam, even though we're going to say the Torah was selective about which slave gets severance, we still have the right to extend this mitzvah to beyond slaves. But the Torah was selected. The Torah was exclusive. Why are you being inclusive? Says the Rebbe, let's explain it. And the Rebbe says, by way of introduction, if you think about this, it's a brilliant analysis. Before we get into the details on the screen, when the Torah is selective and the Torah says only a certain type of slave should get this, there's two ways to look at this. There's one way to look at that only that slave should get it to the exclusion of all else. That would clearly exclude the other type of slave, and it would equally exclude employees. The other way to say it, no, the Torah is not trying to say that only this slave should get it. The Torah is saying this slave should get it to the exclusion of the other type of slave, but not necessarily to the exclusion of the employee. So that becomes the Rebbe's analysis. To make it easy to follow, I'm, I'm uh, giving them numbers. We're going to call slave A a slave sold by the court, slave B a, soul, a slave who sold himself, and slave C is going to be our modern-day employee. The Rambam holds that severance pay applies, we already know this, to slave A and not to slave B. And now we're going to try to analyze, could the Rambam hold that it will apply to slave C? Even though the Torah was selective and only applied it to A and not to B, we're going to apply it to C, or could we not? So the Rebbe says, depends how you look at it. So let's look at the two approaches on the screen. One approach is that the Torah says, I want you to give severance to slave A. That's it. That's the novelty. That's the teaching of the Torah. And why would this be the approach? That would be the approach if we look at the mitzvah of severance as, as a decree. It's a, it's a non-rational thing. It's not a rational mitzvah. It doesn't make sense. And therefore it should be blanket. No, 
It only makes sense in the case that the Torah explicitly states. And therefore, the Torah explicitly states you give it to slave A, then it's the exclusion of all else. And then it won't apply to B, and it won't apply to C either. But if you look, the rabbi says, let's introduce another approach. That when the Torah says, I want you to give it honor to A, that's the language in the portion, Hanek Tanik Lo, you should give severance pay to him, which is only slave A. It means because we're trying to exclude B. We're not excluding everything. We don't mean only A, we mean A and not B. And this approach would make sense if we say that the mitzvah of severance is a logical mitzvah. That's not the novelty. That's not the decree of the Torah. It's logical. Somebody worked for you, you should give them gifts. But the Torah comes and makes a decree and says, but don't give it to slave B. He sold himself. It's not right. Whatever the reason is, don't give it to B. That's the novelty. So the, you only exclude B. You don't exclude C. There's a principle that you only uh, uh, can maintain a novelty in and of itself. You can't expand it. So again, if we hold by approach A, the novelty is that the Torah gives severance to slave A. You can't give it to anybody else, B or C. But if we hold, no, the Torah says to give it to A, what it means is to exclude B, because the giving of severance is not a novelty in this approach. It's logical. It's just a rational mitzvah. Of course you're going to give it. You should. But the novelty, which means the exodus the cost of the decree, which is not logical. The Torah's emphasis is to exclude B. You don't have a right to exclude any others. Because remember the principle. If there's a novelty, you can't add to that novelty more than what it is of it itself. So the Rebbe just flipped the whole thing. And the Rebbe further says, at the bottom of the screen, what's going to be the basis of these two approaches? Approach one would be that severance pay is a form of payment. Approach two would be it's a form of charity. And both of these have sources in the Talmud and etc. You could go both ways. If you hold it's a form of payment, the guy worked for you and you paid him. And you gave him over time, whatever you gave him. You got to give him extra payment. This is then, it's a non-rational thing. Overpayment is not a rational thing. The Torah sort of decreed it. That's the novelty of the Torah. Why should I pay you once I finish paying you? Let's say you did the six years. I paid you the $6,000, whatever it is, you're done. You worked hard, I paid you even extra. No, the Torah says, I want you to pay more. It's a novelty, it's a decree. And that would be the approach one. If it's a novelty, I could only apply it to the case the Torah explicitly says it, which is slave A, not B or C. Then there's an approach, which also goes back to classical sources, that severance pays a form of charity. The guy finishes six years, he gave him the $6,000. Payment is over, but there's a mitzvah of tzedakah. And someone who worked by you and for six years, he gave his whole heart and soul, et cetera, et cetera. And tzedakah is a mitzvah. It's rational. That's charity begins at home. You should give it to somebody who worked so hard for you. He should be your, your tzedakah person now. And in this case, it's not a novelty. It's not a decree. It's a rational thing. And therefore, if it's rational, then every slave should get it, except for the one where the Torah explicitly excludes it. That becomes a novelty, which is slave B is excluded. Why should we exclude anybody else? So here's the kicker of the sikhah. The rabbi was going to want to say that the Minchas Chinuch, who said that the Rambam and Chinuch collide, because his thinking is approach one. 
and he has a leg to stand on. But the Rebbe's argument is no, that the Rambam is approach to, to this whole concept, this whole selectivity of the Torah in the midst of seventh bait. And therefore, it will work with the Chinuch really well. But even though Rambam holds that only slave A gets it and not B, slave C could get it. What's the Rebbe's basis? How can he prove conclusively that Rambam goes like approach to? Says the Rebbe, very simple. Because if you believe that severance pay is a form of charity, you go by approach to. I'm going to show you, says the Rebbe, that the Rambam holds that severance pay is a form of charity. We're now going to open up the Sefer HaMitzvahs, and we're going to see the Rambam's book of mitzvahs, both in the positive mitzvahs and the negative mitzvahs. Where does the Rambam list the mitzvah of severance pay? Does he list it among the other mitzvahs of slavery? Or does he list it among the mitzvah of charity? Let's take a look. So, um, let's see if this is the right screen. This is the mitzvah of a Jewish bondsman. Mitzvah 232, 233, 234, the mitzvahs of slaves. It's in the mid-200s. There's no mitzvah here about severance. He doesn't put it here. Where does he put it? He's talking about, he's listing the mitzvahs, and obviously in a certain order, and there's a whole bunch of mitzvahs talking about slaves. Three or four right on your screen. How come severance pay is not in there? That's curious. Aha! So then we take a look and we look at the rest of the Sefer HaMitzvahs and we find, let's hope I open the right screen. We find the Mitzvah of Charity. This is not in the mid-200s, this is 195. And then we find 196, the Mitzvah of Severance Pay, the gifts upon discharging a servant, a slave, a bondsman. And then is lending money. So Rambam actually sandwiches the mitzvah of severance pay in between two mitzvahs related to charity, charity and lending money, which means Rambam clearly holds it's a charity. And it's not a payment as an extension of the laws of how to treat your slave and how to pay him. It's tzedakah. And just to make it even sweeter, the Rebbe shows the same thing in the Rambam Sefer of mitzvahs, when he deals with the loisase, with the negative commandments, because each because the mitzvah of severance pay also has a negative commandment, not to avoid it. So we open it up, and uh, look where it is. It's mitzvah 233, and it's right in between charity mitzvahs. Mitzvah 231, that you got to lend money for charity. 232, you can't ignore a needed person. 34, you can't, you're not allowed to demand a, a, a loan from someone destitute and laws of interest, etc. And right in the middle of the sandwich, the, 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 the negative mitzvah of letting the person go without severance. So clearly, it's not a question that the Rambam holds that severance pay is based on tzedakah rather than based on payment. So therefore, the Rebbe says we stand on a very good footing to say that Rambam is approached to. If it's tzedakah, it means it's a logical mitzvah. And if it's a logical mitzvah, therefore the Torah's statement includes everything, except for the explicit place where the Torah excludes it, which is slave B. Brilliant stuff. And the Rebbe comes along and says, based on this, the Rebbe is encouraging that uh, we should make this common practice, that people should give employee severance, 
Uh, no matter, even if they weren't happy with their work, as long as there was discharge from the point of view of their employer, not that they left on their own, they should get severance pay. I'm going to briefly touch upon the chassidus in the sikha. The Rebbe says that um, we can derive from this on the level of chassidus a few things. First of all, teacher-student relationship, sometimes referred to as a master and slave, so to speak. You might say your teacher is your master. Brings Talmudic reference to this. So, the what's the spiritual application of severance pay in the master-student, teacher-student relationship? That when the student leaves you, translation: when the student graduates from you, they should walk away with extra knowledge, not just enough. Just like the severance pay is the extra money. Normally, when there's a teacher teaching a student, we're talking about a high-level teacher, a real master who is on a higher level, you know, categorically removed from the level of the student. So you give the student what's enough for them. Not only enough for them now, but enough for them to, to eventually extrapolate even more from it and come to whatever level they're able to. But the teacher doesn't think of giving the student what they have. It says that ever know. The Torah mandate is that a real teacher should give the student the ability ultimately to, to reach the level of the master. Give him more. Don't be cheap and don't hold back. Another application spiritually is that if you are being a kind of a yid, you're encouraging a Jew to come closer to Yiddish guy. So of course we set limitations for the other person. They're not capable of being completely on the same level as the person who's who's being the kind of them. But it's enough that they'll do a little bit. No, that would be being uh, being stingy. You want to give them extra. Ultimately, the goal is to bring them up to the same level of the mashpia of the of the shliach, the person who is bringing them in. And then the Rebbe concludes this third application, the closing of the Sikhah, the sweetest part of it, that Hashem is the master and we're the servants and this, we're the Jewish slave. We work for six years, which represents the sixth millennia of Golas. And the seventh year is free, which is Mashiach. Obviously, we have to leave a little early before Shabbos. And therefore, Hashem will not only give us freedom, but give us extra, which is a tremendous divine lights and energies, which will be available when Mashiach comes way above and beyond what is needed to take away the Tzadis of Golis, but to give us the extraordinary wealth of divine revelation.